Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Jujutsu Kaisen. So this is episode five titled Premature Death. We get the end, basically, of this flashback into Ghetto and Gojo. Before we discuss all of that, classic Bingetown housekeeping, um, we are surpassed. We have surpassed, rather, 400 episodes. If you have found us on the Jujutsu Kaisen feed only, that might shock you because there's only been however many episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen. That is because Spinchtown TV is a podcast that does way more than just this, way more than anime. Uh, we've been covering, Jesus, 70-plus shows at this point. We have a main feed, which is just Bingetown TV. Uh, so that's going to be every show we cover. We just wrapped up The Witcher, Secret Invasion, Cruel Summer, Silo. Uh, One Piece is coming down the pike at the end of the month. Wheel of Time is coming at the beginning of September. So um, we've been doing this for three years. We're going to keep doing it for probably three more. Who knows? how much longer after that. So if you want to support us, the best way is to probably subscribe on whatever you're listening on right now or watching on, um, and then go to the Bingetown main feed, subscribe to that too. You'll just get notified of all of the shows that we cover. Then social medias for us is just at Bingetown TV on pretty much everything. And then Discord. We have a, a Discord that has been kind of growing steadily over the past few weeks. So if you want to just talk with us outside of maybe just comments in like YouTube on or just like tweeting at us, Discord's the best way to do that. We can just chat. You can chat with other people as well. It's not just us. Um, so there will probably be a link in the description of this episode. Or if you just follow us on Twitter, the link is in our bio on Twitter. Okay. Now back to the fun stuff. So episode five, Premature Death, very big uh, ghetto episode. And just funnily enough, I started watching the first episode and was like, okay, yeah, like we're getting this again. And then I was like, wait a second, this is the first episode. <laughs> so then I started watching this episode and they like, do the first episode, like discussion, talk and scenes again. And I was like, okay, this tripped me out a little bit, but uh, with very him big... saying, uh, it's like nobody yeah. knows what they taste like and stuff. Yeah. So a very big philosophical episode for Ghetto. Um, there's really no like juicy buckets to discuss things. So we'll probably just take things kind of chronologically, I would say. First thing we could talk about is just like the beginning of the episode, just Gojo upgrading his power, uh, the results of his training, etc. It's just fun to see that, I guess. Oh, absolutely love this. I was telling Alki last night when I came back, um, I came back home, we were talking about the episode just very briefly. And I was just like, I, I don't care. I am such a Gojo stan. I just fit the, just the easy trope of like everyone else that follows the show. Like, I just love this man so fucking much it's just so cool how he just casually is like yeah i've already mastered you know red blue 
I can teleport basically, and I, I have the ability to unconsciously identify danger and not and what's not dangerous. So like when they throw the pencil and the eraser at him, only the eraser goes through the pencil stops. Like, and then he has his like spiel about how he uses his what's it called the energy that they they use just the cursed energy cursed energy um to just like kind of keep his brain fresh so it never fries out like it's just ridiculous yeah the reverse out. technique is ridiculous. and he's only reverse. in high school that was still. the part that blew that blew my mind he is just i cannot get enough of gojo and i know that just might be very basic but i just i don't care he's the best He's pretty much made to be that way. So, you know, obviously you're not alone in thinking that. So. And it's obviously sweet that Ghetto already has recognized like he is the strongest. And they're probably they're in their second year now. I think it is. Or maybe it's their final year. I can't remember. But I believe it's kind of like the summer. They're moving into their third year, technically. Yeah, he is just yeah. the absolute best. I love him. Yeah. And we get basically this is the beginning of Ghetto kind of. We're seeing those cracks start to form. Um, he begins to question a little bit of his role as a sorcerer. And um, I think the next step is just kind of moving into, we get reintroduced to Yuki Sukomo. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, we we saw her in season one in a Toto's flashback because that's the uh, mm. kind of like the the sorcerer that pretty much like trains him up or kind of first finds him rather on like that uh, the riverbank. She Honestly, didn't remember question. her. Yeah, she just asked the classic question, like, what, what's your type or whatever? You know, what kind oh, of girl are you now, into? That makes so much sense now because that's yeah. his thing. Okay. Yep, exactly. So uh, okay. um, that's cool. Him and her ghetto, this is, and, and Yuki just have a very interesting conversation that obviously is, you know, monumental in his life <clears throat> that she's so like, kind of cavalier, cavalierly kind of saying things that he's kind of been thinking and almost like hating himself for thinking in some sense. So this conversation I thought was just very interesting. She's so uh, like chaotic neutral. And yeah. it's, it's interesting to see that point of view. Uh, she recognizes his thought process of like wiping out all non sorcerers as practical. You know, she's like, eh, it's, it's kind of a good idea, but you know, not entirely doable in the moment. Yeah, it's not entirely possible. And it's crazy that she considers it, but she like hovers that line so closely. We know that in modern times, she's not like full fledged good, but she's not evil either. She clearly trains Toto. So we know that she's like, she's got some good in her. It was just interesting to see that kind of uh, seed get watered by her in um, Ghetto's mind. Um, and I also like Ghetto's like design in this episode. I think he looks pretty cool. Just how he's like cl like the bags under the eyes, and he's just yeah, he's like hair's long. He's got like this baggy fit. I like I, I like the look too. Cool. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, but this this conversation I think was it was very interesting, and I just wonder, you know, she probably was just there at the right time. Like I wonder if maybe. You know, if the principal had showed up in that moment, you know, would Ghetto have maybe considered maybe the righteousness a little bit more because she was, like you guys have said, a little bit more chaotic. Again, she's not entirely evil. We've seen her fight for the side of good, but her mindset kind of emphasized a little bit, maybe too much in Ghetto's minds, what he was already thinking. Um, so I just, I'm curious, like he was in a moment of weakness here. And I just, I'm curious if like, if, what would have happened if Gojo showed up here and had this heart to heart to him rather than uh, this woman? So it's just 
it is cool and it's I, I just like how ghetto ends up going down that you know quote unquote wrong path uh you know this very ethical dilemma especially later on when we get to the the moment that sends him over the edge but for yeah, the now I mean, this scene was great yeah and we've kind of been wondering almost of we've seen him in the past and he's kind and we've talked about how you know him and gojo at the start of this season felt like they were in completely opposite places than like the way that we were introduced to them the way we knew them and this is pretty much kind of like the episode where it basically flips completely um so yeah she just kind of lays it out that there's only two options to create a world where cursed spirits don't exist that kind of is her goal i like her when she kind of says that like um jujitsu high and kind of like most pretty much the whole jujitsu world they only treat symptoms not like the actual causes like they're just exterminators they don't actually try to to make any meaningful change um i just like that that's kind of like the the baseline of her character i just think that that's like super interesting and i just <laughs> she's just a funny character to me too um and also i'm like you know i the biggest toto fan ever so she also has you know a higher level of respect in my eyes because that's my fucking boy yeah she's also sick like her power's pretty sick as you get we, to uh, as she unravels in the in the story yeah and she does throw uh some respect onto uh onto toji's name as well because she kind of says that basically when she breaks it down there's two ways to make a world with no cursed energy the first one is to eliminate cursed energy she talks about how he was basically the the prime example of that he was almost like you know pretty much like a perfect example a perfect specimen she literally calls him superhuman which we kind of already knew about but she does throw ghetto like hey it's not that bad that you lost to him because he's well she well like she was saying i'm actually glad you brought it up because i wanted to bring up the heavenly um restriction he was a perfect case of that and we were deliberating about what exactly that meant so it's it's nice that they clarified how his was the extreme case that worked so perfectly that made him the way he was and it's pretty sweet that he had no curse energy he that means he detected curses with his senses completely which is like something that is against the laws of the world as we've known it up until his character was introduced yeah. uh you know i honestly in in retrospect i think the fight in the manga was better i feel like he was in and out so quick in the anime yep. it was a little bit uh bittersweet you know I, I um as it settled in i think that they could have i don't know played him out a little better but it is what it is and she was really nice in uh, shedding light on his like backstory a little bit and it tied in nicely at the end of the episode when gojo met uh fushigoro yeah you I know it's up in the head but you know, I could easily use more Toji in my life, but yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I would always could. vouch for that. Yeah, Give me so a Toji is... spinoff show. That would be exactly what I would want. So we're getting Ghetto. He's questioning in his mind. Now he's getting some level of external validation that his thoughts aren't, you know, completely, maybe not. I mean, she does say it's crazy to kill all non-sorcerers, but I mean, there's other people in the world that are thinking along the lines that he's thinking. I feel like that gives him a little more potentially confidence in it. Um, the next thing that happens is, you know, his classmate or his kind of um, his little youngling. I forget his name and I'm so sorry. Ibarra, his name. Ibarra or something like that. There you go. Exactly. He ends up dying on a mission with, I believe, I don't know if Nanami was there, but he was kind of Nanami, Nanami and him were friends. Basically, it was a, a misclassified cursed spirit. He's dead. And Ghetto, again, is now thinking like, you know, the only outcome of being a jiu-jitsu sorcerer is a mountain of, com of my comrades' corpses. So just another event that's piling on top of him. And then uh, kind of all boils over when he gets a job, which is he, he's going to a village 
that had cursed spirits there, obviously. He exterminates them, and he's getting so upset that these non-sorcerers, because I guess they couldn't see the cursed spirits, so they didn't really know what was going on. But these two little girls, who clearly are sorcerers, they could see them, and they, I guess the villagers, whatever, thought that they were it. So they were calling them monsters, and that kind of tipped him over the edge of like having these non-sorcerers be so mean to sorcerers. And that kind of, you know, he flips. And they were a little battered up, so I guess that implies they abused them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this scene obviously makes it so like we understand Ghetto's drive. We understand what he what really made him what he is today. And, you know, like obviously killing an entire village is wrong, but he, he wasn't, I guess, entirely in the wrong of like wanting to actually like, you know, do something about it and like saving the girls like that part of it was you know righteous and everything but the fact that he killed 100 and what was it 30 people who i don't know if they all thought like those two specific people did but you know i can i can at least understand the anger and rage that is coming from ghetto here and uh i I just and those are the two girls that i'm assuming are like in the present with him like the ones that are always on the phone which again that i think is really cool that we you know they get tied in even later on and yep. are still a major part um it just it's a whole moral dilemma and i mean it's just really cool just getting that side of ghetto and just understanding that you know if he's not just you know pure evil he does in his mind have some righteousness to him and we were like somewhat introduced we know essentially that this happened at some point mm-hmm. but getting to see it like you're saying and getting kind of his perspective on it i think obviously adds like a whole nother dimension to his gojo's character. reaction to it was like incredible too i thought yeah. to, like if we want to get into yeah. it i guess right oh, now, yeah. if- i mean we're right here i mean it's crazy he fucking he ends up killing his parents too it wasn't like it, oh yeah it wasn't that- a one-off in the village like he went to his hometown and did the same exact thing so clearly think- it was more than just like a one-off like emotional moment i think uh i don't know in this uh portrayal through the anime i felt like ghetto's uh village and village excuse me village villain origin story was kind of shallow i have to be honest i thought it was a little weak like with the tone of the episode with him started the episode explaining how ghetto is the strongest now in me in my opinion i felt there was a tone of jealousy a tone of spitefulness they ended the episode with him saying oh don't say it's impossible when it's possible for you so it's like okay i feel like he does have these thoughts of disdain for non-sorcerers, but also they're fueled by his inability to match Gojo. And I just feel like it's a little bit immature, you know, because we've seen him be smart and level-headed and and uh, cognitive, logical. And I just, uh, I guess I didn't pick it up this way when I read it. I just wonder if maybe like him consuming the de- like all those things. Like he I think it'd be plays- mentally worn out too. I feel like he's like you're saying, yeah, David, like- his his power and they I mean they they brought it literally up again, word for word, the same thing of like no one knows what it's like. So I feel like he he felt alone. Now he feels more alone. And I feel like that isolation obviously just pushes him more and more towards this. And then you seen those girls who were, you know, also isolated and like I do agree, uh, though, the times of jealousy. I mean, he obviously, you know, he has an ideal about the world. And if he could, he would like to be able to, you know, realize it and do everything he can. And it would be much easier if he had Gojo's power to do so. I can see I why. You, 
All I'm saying is, like, at the beginning of the uh, the flashback, I was, like, liking Ghetto, and I actually expressed that on this podcast, but um, now I'm just like, oh, this, I'm, I'm totally against him, and I mm-hmm. recognize him as the villain of this arc or story, however you want to go with that. Yeah. And, sh- I mean, Shoko does say to him, he meets up with her in public after, kind of, um, we find out that he's been sent to death, the principal and Gojo have that talk, and then him, uh, Ghetto and Shoko meet up in public, and she tells him that it's childish mm-hmm. yeah exactly and i actually like that interaction a lot she's like oh what's up oh yeah. is it true yeah yeah like, <laughs> it's like no oh it's way. the criminal yeah, yeah. and it's just like oh gojo by the way i'm here with him he's in shibuya gojo's like i guess says yo engage him and she's like i'm not gonna do that he crazy yeah. <laughs> it was yeah it was I funny getting was funny it was funny seeing her reaction with him and then like because immediately before him we get gojo's reaction who was like completely stunned by the events i mean that kind of shows how kind of honestly self-centered gojo is i mean i'll i'll talk a little shit on my boy here for a second just like he obviously was spending a lot of his time like focusing so much on training, doing these missions, becoming the strongest person alive. And he never reached out to his friend who, you know, was clearly going through some shit and wasn't really being a good friend in general and could have easily had reached out when he like it just in any moments and just said, you know, how are you holding up? Like, exactly. I know like you just witnessed, you know, the star plasma vessel get shot right in front of you. Like you, you well, were going through some shit, like how you holding up, and he never did that. So I, that kind of shows Gojo's self centeredness. But I also feel like because he saw Ghetto go down this road, he now understands more so that he was selfish. Like when he's reflecting on, like when he's talking to the principal or whoever it is, I think it, it's the principal, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. kind of he's he's talking. He's like, I want to help. Like I want to be a good. Like I want to be a better person. Jay, basically yeah. in general, and I think. Gojo, like Ghetto going evil, obviously allowed paved the path for Gojo to become less mature. It sucks that it's at the cost of losing a friend, but he definitely became he was definitely self centered before that. I um, you mentioned earlier, like oh, if it wasn't what's her name, Yuki, right? Yes, it was like oh, maybe if Gojo had that conversation with Ghetto, could have went a different way. Uh, Gojo was not deep enough to have this conversation with yeah. Ghetto. You know, he would have never been capable of even providing that like guidance or insight that ghetto needed you know what i mean he was and now unfortunately this situation and event has given gojo that depth that he needs to become the gojo we know in modern times and he says it. he's like it's you know it's like it's not enough just to be strong there's also you need to save a you need to people. Some people just don't want to be saved. Essentially, in in more or less words, he said something like that. Yeah, and I think that's my that, favorite line of the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, um, from there, that's when you see him become the sensei. That there was like the first domino in his path. Yeah, you know, Ghetto's path has been laid out. He laid it out himself, and uh, now Gojo's is paved as well and i mean and now how you and now you see the story unfold with the end of the episode with our main character main trio come back which got me pretty freaking hype it was hype seeing them back together all smiling and gojo smiling just remembering i guess the good days with ghetto and uh, i forgot the girl's name no bar which is not is that not 
No, you're talking about Shoko. No, okay. the, I was going to say, is that yeah, not the, the girls? Yeah, now you're good. I just and Alki, just to even hammer your point home, I feel like the conversation that Gojo and Ghetto have is like clearly like Ghetto is a man with conviction. Like he has a plan on his life. He has made a decision. And Gojo is just kind of being like, hey, man, don't do this mm-hmm. type of deal. Like he doesn't have any level of like conviction or like, no, he doesn't really have any substance of a comeback. It's more of just like I just think he doesn't wrong. understand emotions. Like he's just yeah. so into himself again that he just doesn't understand other people's. Like he's just so about like I'm the strongest. Like I can do whatever I want. I don't really care for other people in a sense. I, I don't even think it's rooted in that much arrogance. I think the guy is just freaking aloof. He's never yeah. been truly he's never yeah. been truly challenged in his life. In the beginning, he's like, Hey ghetto, what's the matter? Did you lose weight? And he's like, Ah, it's the, whatever. And yeah, whatever he said is summer heat and then gojo could have been like like you, are sure, you sure or something like, you yeah. talk about something but instead he's like oh maybe you've been uh doing this too much or whatever it just totally brushed him off and uh like i said this event has added that depth it's a rude awakening you know but it's added him it's gave him that depth that he needed to become like the hero of of you know his era so yeah um, i mean it's just it's just good stuff yeah i'm their face such... off in the in like the sidewalk was pretty cool. Uh, they were like so far apart, and he's just like yeah. walking away. He, he oh, kind of yeah. knew. He kind of knew like Gojo's not gonna fuck do anything. Like he challenged yeah. him, and he was I guess ready to accept his fate of getting demolished by Gojo. But he just knew it wasn't gonna happen. I I, I thought that was kind of badass. Yeah, I think. I mean, then he says he says, "Go ahead and kill me if you want." Like there would be a point to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just nothing. Gojo couldn't do it. But um, I guess just one last thing we didn't really cover so much is. Like the this is Ghetto's kind of next steps. He is, you know, alive after the interaction with Gojo, which I'm sure for him is is obviously a positive. And he basically pretty much takes over the time vessel organization. He kind of commandeers their resources. They're in like a bunker or something like that. Um, and the little girls are with him, like Dave mentioned. And he goes out and is pretty much says, like, hey, I'm the fucking boss now. Uh, people don't really like it so much. He just kills someone right in front of them on stage and was like, this is how it's going to be. Like, you're literally going to obey me. And then that's obviously the start of of kind of the the ghetto that we met in season one. He's wearing like the robes when he meets with the cursed spirits. Like, this is more obviously aligned with our first meetings of him. And he uses, he keeps using the words monkey now. Yeah. And the other uh, thing, thing, important thing to mention as well is that we find out that the star plasma best vessel is more than likely already been born, if not is has been like it's because it was about like a year since the last episode we opened some months at least or a few months several months whatever but we do know that the several star plasma vessel and i think that'll obviously be important for this new season because i think whatever that time skip is like if megumi was in first grade he's now in high school that's definitely almost i don't you know just pulling basic math out of my head like a little less than 10 years i'm guessing so the per the star plasma vessel should be around that age i'm getting and so that'll be important i think they did give years, but I don't remember. But all I know now yeah, is I don't remember. 2018 and JJK. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I am confused by one thing, actually, and I'm embarrassed to admit as a veteran that I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> right, but, um, perfect. but um, okay, Toji is Megumi's dad, Fushiguro's dad, mm-hmm. and he refers to his sister, Tsumiki, and he said her mom. So are they, like, biologically not related? Like, I don't. Do they share father? I don't know. It's, it I honestly, interesting. When does he mention that? the? I didn't even know he had a... I mean, it makes sense that he would have a sister, but when does he say that again? 
he was like, what's going to happen if I go to the Zenin clan? What's going to happen to Tsumiki? Like, will she be happy? And Gojo was like, absolutely not. He's like, okay, then I'm not going with them. And Gojo oh, you're like, talking about Megumi has. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you were talking and about he Toji just said, for like, some reason. He said like her mom, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll do whatever. Her mom's not here. I didn't. And I just thought that was funny. Like, what is her mom? Might have been a mistranslation or something. I don't know because I, it was the same in the manga. Okay. I took I, it I as. Mean, I just. We I, we learn about his mom later. Does she specifically say my sister when referring to her? I didn't catch that. I feel like he was just talking about like a family who's. I took it as like it's a fam like just a random family that's kind of adopted him, and he's just referring to them like that because he's not actually part of the family. But I am not sure really. I may have just been filling in the blanks as someone who knows the story a little better and implied that she's like... Comment down below if you know the answer. Yeah, I, I have an answer right now. It looks like... So, yeah, I guess they they actually share a dad. Okay, there you go. But, um, but, but Toji just went around just banging. Oh, no, rather, rather this. they So, <clears throat> Toji banged Megumi's mom. She died after giving birth to <clears throat> Megumi. And then he was was hooking up with um, other moms his, yeah the other mom but but she had the daughter from a previous relationship so they don't have the same dad or the same mom i guess they just They're kind of like it was like a step yes yeah that's interesting okay glad we cleared that up because but. she's not a i guess she's not a curse user i mean we'll find out but I'll say uh, little baby Megumi was definitely pretty cute, though, even though he was so like serious. <laughs> I love the Gojo. He's just like, are you sure you're a first grader? Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny to watch because it's like, obviously, I feel like sometimes it's easy to forget like the connection that the two of them have, Gojo and Megumi, because obviously like it's Dory's our main character and Gojo's like a goofy guy, but like they have a ton of history together. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. You know, um, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that. This has confirmed that Megumi's been running with Gojo basically since he was a kid. Yeah, for like a long. He's almost long like ra raised. He's like he raised Megami. You know, you could say. Yeah, pretty much. If, I mean, in terms of, especially in terms of like you know, jujitsu and sorcery. I oh, mean, for sure. Pretty much, daddy, right there. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we're back in the present time, seemingly. Basically, um, we're kind of we've wrapped up our our flashback, and I'm excited to just hit the ground running in the uh, in the quote unquote real world, the real timeline, just because the upcoming arc is just fucking awesome i mean the fights are going to be fucking banging it's just just i don't even know what to expect to be honest i have no idea what to <laughs> I, expect. i'm just I will so say, confident man, it's going to be store, awesome we're in store for pretty some pretty good fights coming up man they do fights well in this show and there's a bunch coming up so i'm very very excited for. i don't know if it's gonna cover i think this season will cover this arc or at least dive into it like this arc that's coming up is is like freaking insane I can't. Like, I literally, like I can't wait. I've been game, like end game level, like intensity. I can't wait. I I do genuinely love this show. It's definitely been one of my favorite anime to watch, and I'm excited to keep going with you guys. It looks like, unfortunately, we're gonna have like a couple of recap episodes. I feel like they do like, that. In the it is meantime, gonna be 24 though, right? It's gonna be 24 episodes. I think it's gonna be 25, and there's two of them is going to be like recap ones, kind of. And then um, it'll be episodes six, technically, through 23 will be uh, what we're talking about. Elk. I'm happy that. Um, oh, really, Kyle? Nice. Yeah, it looks happy. like next week is, and I'm sorry to step over you, but is, is Gojo's past arc and JJK Zero movie recap. And then August 17th's episode 
is going to be Jujutsu Kaisen Season 1 recap. And then August 31st is going to be the, the next arc starts. So basically, we're on a three-week break of recording? Pretty much. I, there's no need for us to really cover those episodes. Unless we want to talk about the movie. But. Yeah. I mean, we could slide in a little Demon Slayer talking about the watch the fucking finale at some point. Oh, tr- I guess, yeah. We <laughs> All right, so our next anime cool. recording, we'll definitely cover the, <laughs> the whole season of Demon yeah, Slayer. Yeah, because Demon Slayer Season 3 has been insane. It's I told you, man. It's so it's good. So good. All right. So good. We'll save that. We'll save that conversation for another time. So that wraps up Jujutsu Kaisen episode five, premature death. We've kind of lost Ghetto down this life of being a racist, essentially, which is uh <laughs> sad who's more to racist, see. Frieza or Ghetto? In the comments, let us know. Oh my god, that's a tough <laughs> question. That is Jesus. tough. I mean, well, they both have pretty similar goals. Frieza so. wiped out an Frieza entire planet. Frieza actually wiped them out. Yeah, Frieza, Frieza wiped out an entire planet. If like Ghetto yeah. actually were to accomplish his goals, that then we yeah, would true. have a conversation. Ghetto, Ghetto wishes he was Frieza. Yeah, yeah. Or at least at some <laughs> part. Okay. Yeah. So if you like what you heard, if you like what you've been hearing, I would subscribe to us on whatever you've been listening or watching on. Like we said, we'll probably take a couple week hiatus just because the recap episodes feel like it's not really worth it for us to cover them on the podcast maybe we'll talk you know we'll slide in some demon slayer talk just some anime talk just to fill kind of that quote-unquote dead air even though what episodes are coming out and then august 31st is when the new arc starts so we'll fucking hit the ground running alongside one piece oh my god dude it's just this is what we dreamed of when we started the podcast is just trying to do as much anime and manga as possible so uh we're we're sliding it in slowly we're trying we're trying let's see how long it lasts all right uh yeah that's pretty much all i got um thanks for listening